Hi, I'm Peter Cox, and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. I hope you've enjoyed the past year of conversations from some amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community. This year, I look forward to many more conversations, and I hope that you join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Head over to my Patreon site if you would like to support the show. You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscriptions, and file hosting. If you would like to join me to have a chat or you have a particular person from our industry that you would like to hear about, please send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes and in my bio on all social media sites. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab your drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Welcome back and Happy New Year, everyone. So the tables have turned and I have one third of the geoholics joining me today. Good friend of mine, Mr. Kent Grove, one of the most passionate surveyors I know, podcast extraordinaire and all-round advocate for anything and everything surveying. For those that don't know Kent, he is a licensed surveyor who holds a degree in architecture. We won't hold that against him. And is the geomatics survey manager at Outer Southwest in Phoenix, Arizona. He is also the host of the Geoholics podcast. Kent has over 30 years of experience in the industry, starting his career in Chicago after attending Southern Illinois University, still for architecture, I don't get that. Anyway, he's an advocate for surveying worldwide and is creating a legacy by investing back into the industry for future surveyors and the future of surveying for years to come. He says he hasn't won any awards, but states that he is rewarded every time he helps someone out. So hopefully tons of them. Hi, Kent. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Pina. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that awesome introduction. That was very, very kind of you. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> I like uh, I like how you do that, how you send the questionnaire out in advance for your guests mm. and have them provide answers. That's that's a really good way of doing that. I mean, we kind of do the same thing on the geoholics, but yours is, a, yours is a little bit more technologically advanced than ours. Because I actually have a form to fill out. You've got like an online form. I just send out like six questions and say, fill in the blanks and send the information back. But no, you're doing an awesome job. And uh, what I understand, did you just celebrate like a one year anniversary for your podcast? Is that about right? Yes. Yeah, October. I can't believe it's got that far. But anyway, and I don't have as many uh, downloads as you guys, but hey, I'm just a little fish. (laughs) It's not about the downloads. There's so much more to it. I know. I know. I, get, so many- I, I know that I know that I get lots more people tell me they get lots of value out of it. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I mean, if you, if one person takes something away from what you're doing, in my opinion, it's completely worthwhile. Yes. I think that goes for everything in everything you do. Yeah, for sure. But you're good about like social media and stuff too, though. You got a really good presence there. I unfortunately don't have the time to do that as much as I would like to, but um, you've got quite the following there. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I probably don't have much time either. I think I spend way too much time on social media. It's all right. It's fun. It's fun. And I've made some really, really good friends from overseas. So I think that's what I like about it the most is that you get to get to meet people who love doing what you do, but some way completely different. It really makes the world small. It does. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yep, yep. So what else? What do you want to talk about? Okay, so um, you're a surveyor, but you've got a degree in architecture. Mm-hmm. How? How does that work? Uh, yeah, for, so here's how, here's... here's Tell me your 30, story. <laughs> here's the 30-second, well, that'll probably be more than 30 seconds. No, we need more than 30 um, seconds. So here's how I got introduced in to serving the very first time. So uh, I grew up in Chicago, as you mentioned, and in high school, we, uh, we actually had like architectural drafting classes in high school. Mm-hmm. So my senior year, myself and like three other people got selected for this, uh, like this work share program where we would go and attend classes at the high school in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we would go off and work and get some uh, like on the job training. Um, my on-the-job training was working for the Illinois Department of Transportation. So that was my afternoon gig. I would go to, you know, Illinois, IDOT, it was called back then, and initially start out doing, like, just drafting, like, drawing cross-sections, doing quantities and stuff like that. And it was really intriguing to me. I loved it. And then uh, I got an opportunity in the summer to work on a survey crew out, you know, out in, the, out in the field, of course, on a specific project, like work with the resident engineer. And as mm-hmm. survey was needed, we would jump out there and do survey. So that was the very first introduction I had to surveying. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I knew it was something that I would definitely enjoy doing. When I went to college, I started out in uh, the civil engineering program at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, go Salukis. And <clears throat> about, let's see, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was actually spring break, my freshman year of college, uh, myself and three others were driving back from Southern Illinois University to Chicago, which is about a six hour drive. And we got in a horrific car accident. And I actually, I broke both my legs, I broke my right arm and it just completely threw me off track from a college perspective. You know, I had to take a semester off. I went back, I floundered a little bit, you know, I, I was, in civil, I was in civil engineering initially. And then I went into, you're gonna laugh. I went into like, I think I went in next to like hotel restaurant management. So I'm like, you know what? And then I went into like accounting and I'm finally, I'm like, I got to get my life together here. What am I doing? Yeah. You know? So I'm like, I'm, they had an architecture program and I always enjoyed architecture. Of course. I'm like, you know what? I can probably go on the architecture program and get through that in short order because I knew I was passionate about it. And I did got my degree in architecture um, living in Southern Illinois, not a whole lot of, when after graduation, um, not a ton of architecture jobs in Southern Illinois. It's a pretty rural area. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And just by happenstance, I got an opportunity to work for a land surveyor. His name's Ed Reeder. And to this day, I consider him my mentor. I worked for him for about 10 years. He, you know, introduced me to the ins and outs of surveying, of course, initially I was, you know, working on a three-person survey crew, 
traversing through the hills and valleys and forests and everything of Southern Illinois. And I, I just absolutely loved it. I loved it. All those fun things. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. Mm. I mean, I'm so glad I got the opportunity to do that. Not a lot of surveyors these days have an opportunity to do that. Retracing, you know, like all you know, like section after section after section and finding original stones and bearing trees and this and that. It was just an absolute blast. I loved that part. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of stuck with it after that. If it wasn't for Ed Reader, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, but I initially got licensed in, I got licensed in Missouri first, just because eligibility, I was able to take the test there first. And then I actually got licensed in Iowa and then Illinois. And then I was working in Chicago up until about 2000. Five, I think it was, moved back to Chicago in 2005, got an opportunity with a company I was working with there to come out to Arizona and be part of an acquisition. They approached four of us, you know, like, hey, we're acquiring a hundred person firm out in Phoenix. Would you have interest in, uh, in, you know, relocating to Phoenix and being part of the acquisition and this and that, and always wanted to live in Arizona. So I was like, yep, now's the time. So that's how I got out here in 05 and of course got licensed in Arizona, but just one thing led to another, you know, here I am a little over 30 years into what, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been a, in an amazing career and being 50, what am I, 54, 54 years old, I still feel like I'm like young in the profession, you know, it's crazy. I think um, that age is the, the average age of surveyors now, isn't it? The, the licensed surveyors, that's the... No, it's like 61. age. No, it's 61. like it's like sixty one, I think, in the states. Yeah. Ah, that's it's about, crazy. That's about what it is. Fifty four, I think it is what it is over here. Oh, really? Yeah. So I would be an average surveyor. Yeah, if I was in Australia. yeah an average surveyor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So how, you how's, the, how, how's the weather in Australia right now? Ah, uh, sunny and nice and warm. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, warm enough uh, to go swimming. Are you near the water? Yes. Are you? Are you starting to interview me already? <laughs> I'm jealous. No, I'm jealous. <laughs> Wish I could be there. Yes, near the water. Uh, right near the beach. It's about 10, 15 minutes away. So good for you. I couldn't live too much farther away from the water, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would hate Arizona, that's for sure. Uh yeah, yeah. Way too far away from the water. Yeah. I reckon about 45 minutes drive would be the furthest away I could go. Yeah, we're about yeah. three and a half hours to the nearest beach, which is actually in Mexico. And then about five hours to San Diego or LA. Oh, that's too far. So It's not bad. Makes you appreciate love- it, though. Makes you appreciate mm-hmm. it. I mean, when you live by the beach, you probably take it for granted, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. See, when you live in the yeah, desert. I do. You do. You live in, you but live you know, in the it's desert, just there. I know. I know. And you can go whenever you want. I would never get anything done if I lived near a beach. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, that's why you don't go all the time. Yeah. Only on beautiful mornings like it was today. And it was sunny. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Uh, back to today. <laughs> this. I think this podcast is going to jump all over the place today. Probably. Mm-hmm. That's, that's because that's okay. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so ADD that <laughs> it's going to be really hard to keep me on track. I'm telling you right now. So 
that's okay. Makes it fun. Makes it fun. Um, being licensed, there's a big difference over there to what it is over here. We have to have a degree in any of our states or territories to be licensed or registered, whereas you don't have that. Well, some states Some do. states. Some states require it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, here in Arizona, we're one of the, gosh, I don't know, three or four states that do not require a post-secondary education. Um, uh-huh. So in Arizona, you can you can get licensed based on experience alone. Okay. Whereas, you know, there's some states require a four-year degree, some states require mm. a two-year degree, you know, plus okay. experience. And yeah. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, I, I personally wish that there was a way to standardize it. I really do. You know, having different requirements in mm. different states is very frustrating. Yeah. I've seen, uh, you know, on the Facebook posts and everything about people who sort of question in different states what they need to have and, and all that sort of stuff. Is there a minimum requirement of um, uh, years of experience if you don't have mm-hmm. the degree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like in Arizona, it's a total of eight years experience working under the direction of a licensed surveyor. So you have to document all that experience uh, before you can become licensed in Arizona. Now, if you, if you, yeah, if you have a degree, a four-year degree or two-year degree, that can cut some of that time off, Mm -hmm. which is, which is good. But, um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, the unfortunate thing is in Arizona, you know, there's no post-secondary education required and there isn't like, there's no college degree program in Arizona for surveying. Um, there might be one or two survey classes offered in the state. And those are, those are in, yeah. And that's like in like at, like at Arizona state university in the you know construction program, I think they have one surveying class and same thing at U of A. And I think one of the community colleges has a survey class, but there's no, there's no, no program, no survey program in Arizona. Okay. Cause that's what I remember Farah saying that she was looking at options for online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously why. Yeah, she's yeah. in Arizona, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know Farah mm-hmm. well. And uh, mm-hmm. I know she's, she's gone that route. Um, the online, yeah. you know, there's, there's a couple of like really good online programs. You know, Great Basin mm-hmm. is one. Oklahoma State University actually has a completely online survey certificate of some sort. So there's opportunities out there. You just got to seek them out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an interesting track into surveying. And something must have grabbed you because you've been 30 years and you look at, well, you look at your podcast and you can hear the enthusiasm you have for the industry. And I sort of look at some of the things that you do and you talk about education and giving back to industry and all that sort of stuff. Um, where does that come from? Just because you, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm a pretty, you know, giving person by nature. Um, I think that, you know, the profession has been really good to me for 30 years and I feel like I've made a really good career out of it. And I, I think that, you know, guys like myself that have been doing it for 30 years and there's a lot of us right now, it's so important for us to you know, we talk about mentoring all the time, but to mentor the next generation, there's not enough people like myself that are committed to doing that. And 
I don't want to be that person. You know, I want to be the person that gives back. And, you know, you mentioned in your intro, you know, like leaving a legacy. Um, That is so important to me to leave a legacy Mm -hmm. like that. And I don't want to have any regrets. What it boils down to, you know, professionally, I don't want to have any regrets. And, um, you know, I I, I don't want to miss out on anything either. (laughs) Maybe that's where the podcast came from, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. love of surveying isn't it it just keeps dragging you in it's like it a does vortex for or sure something. <laughs> yeah well another funny story in 2008 when the economy like tanked here uh in the states it was the weirdest thing i mean i was managing an office for a company based out of california and the office was in scottsdale and i swear it was like somebody flipped a switch and walked in one day and they're like can't you know i'm sorry we're we're closing the office and it's like I felt really secure in that job. So I didn't really have a plan B. I didn't feel like I needed it. Um, But they made a very abrupt decision to close the office. And like, you know, 12 of us lost our jobs and uh, it put me in a tailspin. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, and nobody was hiring, you know, nobody was, you know, going to take on a salary like mine at that point in time. So I, I ended up going to work for a, a local uh, Leica, dealership selling survey equipment. Okay. So it was the worst possible time. Yeah, it was, it was the worst possible time to be selling survey equipment because, you know, here I am visiting all these surveyors trying to sell them equipment. They're like, I can't, I got a closet full of equipment right here. None of my guys are working and you want me to spend $50,000 on a robotic tool station. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, Oh, I get it. You know, what are we going to do? It did allow me to learn Leica because I hadn't had any, you know, hands-on experience with Leica, Leica equipment. And I got to tell you, great equipment, no doubt about it. And then when that didn't go so well, um, I was selling corporate gym memberships. I was working for a local gym called Peer Fitness. And my job was to go around to all these, you know, corporate offices, set up appointments and uh, sell them gym memberships. So needless to say, it was a pretty rough time. Sounds like it. I kind of wonder where that um, selling gym memberships came from. <laughs> That's just right. bizarre. Crazy. That's great. You got to do yeah. what you got to do sometimes, right? Yeah, for sure. for sure. But I will say this. I think everything happens for a reason. I really, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, and like the whole gym membership thing, you know, it's really funny. I mean, I never really thought of myself as like a public speaker type person. You know, it wasn't really, I don't know, in my arsenal to do something like that. But when I was doing like selling gym memberships to these corporate, you know, I had to go and like do presentations and this and that. And it like forced me to come out of my shell a little bit and become more comfortable talking in front of, you know, large groups of people. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that was a huge takeaway from that. I mean, yeah, you know, it sucked and everything. And um, but again, I, I feel like the having the opportunity to speak in front of large groups really uh, helped me grow. Oh, I'm doing that. Although once I get up, I know I'm get a bit nervous getting up in front of people, but uh, you do once up there and start actually talking about what you're passionate about, it just all goes away, and <laughs> I've got the stage. Then totally agree. Then it becomes yeah. like addicting, you know. I mean, you doing the podcast, you can relate to that. You know, when we started the podcast two years ago, we had no idea what the hell we were doing, and I had no idea that I would like doing it as much as I do. Mm. Um, 
but after, after doing it, like if I could podcast every day, I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I love it. <laughs> Professional podcaster. Totally. Yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan is my hero. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could do it all the time. No, you're, you're so wait, so you're not, what you're telling me is I cannot hire you as my full-time co-host. Oh, well, if you're offering, <laughs> does it pay well? Uh, it's negotiable. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll discuss that off, off air. No. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about full time. No. I don't hardly do any of the talking anyway. It's always my, my guest that does most of the talking, not me. So that's why I don't know. Well, you were on our podcast. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I've been on a couple, actually. I've done three. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I did the one with Tim on, what is it, um, Surveyor Says. Oh, yeah. And your one. And there's a girl that I met, Megan, on Instagram. Mm. And she does a podcast called Doing Girly Things. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's in the construction industry. So that's. That one will go, uh, I think that one comes out in January maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's awesome. You, you know, get yourself out there like that. And uh, I think it's important, you know, whether you're podcasting or surveying or whatever, I think it's important that you, uh, you know, you, you present yourself as, as an expert, especially in surveying. You know, I mean, I, I think it's so important that, you know, we're supposed to be professionals, right? Yeah. And yeah. we need, we need to act professional and mm-hmm. we need to be experts in our field and be people that, you know, people can, re- that people can rely on, you know, if, if they have questions yeah. about, you know, their boundaries yeah. or whatever, I mean, surveying nowadays encompasses so many different things. It's ridiculous, but you really do got to focus on being an expert in your field. And that includes, you know, taking the time to, you know, even do stuff like this, honestly, you know, being, come on podcasts and, and listen to podcasts. And there's so much information available out there right now. And technology is changing at such a rapid pace. It's impossible to keep up with it. It really is. It takes a lot of work, a lot of work to do so. It's a bit scary. Um, I think it's probably a little bit different for me because I'm not in, in the industry. And when I went back, when I left TAFE as a teacher and went back into industry, I kind of felt a bit out of water because I hadn't been working in the industry for such a long time that learning all of this new equipment. I mean, I remember the first time that um, I joined in one of one of the conversations that we had and and it was like, um, what is it, um, two truths and a, and a lie or something. Yeah, yeah. And my lie was that I, um, no, what was... One of the truths was that I'd never used GPS before. Uh, and everybody was just absolutely, what? You haven't used GPS before? <laughs> yeah. Well, you were out of it for a while though, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did about 12 years in education. Mm, so what, my, uh, what, did, what did you teach? Um, everything. Surveying. Maths, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Maths, drafting. Uh, basic surveying all that um you know so I was still I was still doing surveying stuff it was just yeah. not in real life if you can do that. 
Well, yeah, no, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've been in like a management position now for, I don't know, 15 years or more. And like, even me, like if I had to go out and set up a robot right now, I could figure it out and work my way through it, but not like the guys, you know, that I work with that are pros, you know? Yeah. I mean, my, uh, my focus has shifted elsewhere, you know? Yeah. uh, That's a dance when you sort of start moving up, up the, up the ladder. But when I went, when I went and worked for Cardinal, it was one of the things that I said to him, I need to go out in the field. I need to learn how this stuff works again, because Mm -hmm. when I left the company that I was working for, um, we were using a total station that you had to actually physically connect the data recorder mm-hmm. to the total station. Yeah. And I'd used a robotic once uh, with my cousin who's a surveyor. I went out and did a job with him, helped him out with the job, and he sort of showed me how to use how to use it and everything. But yeah, it's so much has changed. <laughs> oh my yeah, it changes all the time. You know, it's with, with scanning and everything. You know, they're putting scanners and scanners on everything these days. You know, iPhones. What a yeah. what an amazing tool. I mean, we have in our we walk around with every day. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got an iPhone <laughs> with twenty thousand photos on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, See, I think I have more interest in doing that stuff than, oh, no, I don't, I don't mean that. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so management, what do you do? What's your job? So cur- yeah, currently I, uh, I guess my title is geomatic slash survey manager for uh, Alta Southwest. You mentioned that in the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about, a, gosh, just over 100 employees. We have offices in Phoenix and Tucson, which is Southern Arizona, Flagstaff, which is Northern Arizona, and then uh, Las Vegas. So very aggressive company from a growth perspective, uh, Mm. owned by a couple guys, both their names are Dan's, we call them the Dan's, of course. And uh, the beautiful thing about this, and it wouldn't be for everybody, that's for sure. But the Dan's, neither one of them are surveyors or engineers, they're just they're business guys, you know, like they understand business and it is so refreshing to work for folks like that. Like when they, when they brought me on, they're like, Kemp, we want you to manage the survey group. Like we don't want anything to do with it. If you're hearing from us, it's probably not a good thing because maybe your, you know, your targets aren't being met or whatever. He's like, but we don't want you to, we, we don't want anything to do with it. We're hiring the best people we can to manage our groups and letting people do their jobs. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. And it's just so refreshing. You know, every month, you know, we have these very detailed conversations about revenue and projections yeah. and, you know, what yeah. happened last month. And, you know, there's, you know, these spreadsheets, this like dial mm-hmm. it down to like the dollar, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's very enlightening and it, it, uh, you know, I love it. I love it. Cause I love that side of things. I love the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it seems, it's, it seems like the perfect fit for me. It really does. I love it. So what else do that, does that company do then? We do. So of course, all, all, you know, all types of surveying as far as, you know, drones and scanning yeah. and just traditional yeah. survey, blah, blah, blah. But we also do uh, geotechnical. So materials oh, testing and okay. inspections yeah. and, and things of that nature. And then we have like yeah. a really small 
uh, civil group. So what a lot of our clients like is that they can package it, package it all together, like having the geotech and the survey yeah. packaged yeah. together. It seems to be a, a really good um, presentation to a lot of clients. Mm -hmm. they, they like just not having to worry about it. Like, hey, here's our geotech guy. Here's our survey guy. They're the same company. And, you know, let, let's go. So. Like managing so many people must be fun. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely, definitely has, has its challenges. But um, mm -hmm. it's funny we just had a we had a guest on our show this week talking about corporate culture and the mm -hmm. importance of that. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. You know, I mean, it's hiring the right people. It's hiring yeah. you know people that think like you. Um, it's a challenge, of course, and not everybody's going to mm -hmm. be a great fit. But when you find the right people and, you know, they kind of inject themselves into their specific roles and buy into the, the company culture, you know, man, oh man, when you're hitting on all cylinders, it's, it's pretty amazing. I think it's, I think that's really important. Um, one of the guys that I spoke to, Greg, he's got a company down the coast and he's the same. He's had employees there for over 20 years and they, they just invested in, the company and him because yep. he includes and you know looked after mm -hmm. them yeah for sure and when you have nice. a dynamic you have a dynamic leader like that that uh mm -hmm. you know is passionate about what they're doing passionate about their people puts you know their folks ahead of their own you know best interests mm -hmm. you know when you when you find someone like that i mean people are going to gravitate to that and yeah. i mean i like to think i'm that kind of person and i uh you know, as a result, I, I think we have some, we have, I, I, you know, I'm bragging a little bit, but we have, I would put our survey team up against any team in Arizona, honestly. I mean, we've just got such great people and they've all bought in and, you know, we're all paddling in the same direction. And it's, it's fun to go to work when you're in an environment like that. Yeah. It makes it, it makes it more than a job then, doesn't it? Like you're not just getting up to go to work. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally agree. Good satisfaction. Yep. Are you, are you looking for a job? Well, not at this very moment. <laughs> I'm a bit busy at the moment. I'm trying yeah, to don't. start an academy myself. Yeah, so you got a, you got a, you got a, few a lot things of time on, on my hands. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I'm kind of, you know, maybe I don't know, in a few years. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do in America. God. <laughs> uh, Too far away. Mm. Oh, no. No, I'm sure there's better people that you could employ than me. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Well, that's true. True. Um, I, I've done that project management in company, looking after people thing, and I, I can do it. Mm. I have no problems with it. I can do it. I understand it. I just don't think I'm the right person for that kind of thing. <laughs> we have an opening for a office manager in Vegas, so that might be perfect for you. Oh, yeah, but it means I have to work with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand. <laughs> no, I think I found going back into industry that education is where I belong. Because I know, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I know it's a bit funny but um yeah you sort of say the same things but I like helping people 
I get so much satisfaction out of helping people and and seeing them grow and learn and succeed. That that yeah, I don't know, that's me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, about so what you find can, what you're passionate about. That's awesome. I have, I have. Um, and so, to, yeah, to be offered this this position to create an academy um, to help you know, future surveyors is is a pretty pretty special thing. And I've got a great team as well. Yeah, you guys um, have a great girls. team. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be fun to go to work every every day it with is. that group. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, no, it doesn't matter if it's a good day or a bad day. That's the girls are always there, um, and they just lift you up. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> you work with uh, you with Narelle and Michelle, right? With I work with Michelle. Um, like every like every day. Uh, Michelle every day when she's yeah. in the office, but yeah. So yeah, yeah. Michelle is the CEO of consulting surveyors new south wales and she's also the ceo of consulting surveyors national and i work for the national i'm the first employee of consulting surveyors national Mm, so yeah which is pretty cool because it shows that they're committed to to the industry i suppose they should be but yeah to be their first employee there's there's a lot riding on my shoulders at the moment (laughs) yeah yeah that's a big undertaking but you can do it. Yes, I can, and I will. I yeah. have no doubts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've told me who's had the biggest impact on your career and that you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't spend that 10 years. What What did you get out of, was it Ed? Was that his name? Ed? Mm-hmm. Ed Reader. Ed. Oh, gosh, look mm-hmm. at me remembering things. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> What did you take away from Ed that's got you to where you are now? Um, gosh, how would I, I don't know. I don't think I can nail down like one thing, but since he was my first like real experience on the surveying side, my first survey job, um, it's really the first impression. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, their, their first jobs in surveying end up being um, bad experiences. You know, again, there's a lot of folks out there that aren't willing to teach, aren't willing to mentor, treat entry-level folks like dirt. You know, you hear about it all the time. There's Facebook Uh pages where you see it happen all the time. Yes, It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Um, But it happens more times than not. I was, again, very, very, very lucky to have an amazing first experience with yeah. my first job at serving. And it was a small company. I mean, it was literally Ed, his wife, Shirley, his son-in-law, uh, his son-in-law's brother and me. That was it. That was the company. There was five of us. And we were doing all this like government work, working for the U.S. Department of Agriculture Forest Service, doing these huge retracement surveys. You know, in hindsight, um, could never have asked for a better experience, you know, as my introduction into surveying. And unfortunately, I'm in the minority. Most people aren't that fortunate to have good experiences like that. And a lot of them get turned off, you know, uh, and leave the profession. A lot of them, unfortunately, just think that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, like I'm a grunt and 
you know, this, my party seems going to give me shit and that's just the way it is and blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, that's bullshit. I hate, I hate seeing that when, it, when hearing about it, when it happens. And, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast and yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. You know, I mean, we want ourselves to be looked at as professionals. Well, then we need to act like professionals at all levels. Agreed. So I know, like, I think we're very similar and, and you always bring up your friend Trent Keenan, who does the mentoring Mondays. Yeah. And he's put together a program which is so awesome. I've been mm-hmm. logging totally. in occasionally when I can. That to me, which is I hope is the difference that I can make in education, is that I'm getting the companies involved in the education of their employees. Mm-hmm. So I'm making everybody accountable so that they have a supervising surveyor, so that they have mentorship throughout their learning journey. And I know that that's really important, like you've sort of said, that mentoring is very important. And I don't think it happens enough anymore. No, it doesn't for sure. And, uh, you know, going back to our guest this week on our show, um, talking about, you know, company culture, and he's Mm. been in the construction industry for 40 years. And he was talking about, you know, like how he got to where he is. And he's an incredibly well-respected, you know, person in that arena, you know, like heavy construction, civil, whatever arena. And he said, he's like, I'm where I am because I had a good mentor. He's like, I literally followed my mentor up the ladder. Like my first job was, you know, who knows, working in the mailroom at this company and his, his, this guy who was his mentor, you know, was his boss at that level. And he like literally for 35 years, I followed my mentor up the chain. He moved up. I moved up. He moved up. I moved up. He had, he had like the perfect mentoring mentor relationship, yeah. you know, mentor mentee yeah. relationship. And um, like you mentioned Trent when he's doing, it's, it's amazing. It's great. I mean, that platform is incredible that he has. And uh, it's great to go on there and see surveyors on there from all over the world, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah getting some mentoring and being able to ask questions and things like that. Mm. And it's just, it's an amazing platform, you know, kudos to Trent for, for starting that. And uh, he's been a huge supporter of the geoholics and, you know, vice versa. Um, But, you know, we need to be doing more of that. You know, it's a shame that it takes a, you know, an online mentoring program to take the place of actual face-to-face mentoring, you know? I know. I know. But we got to do what we got to do. And you're in a great spot, you know, and you're in a situation where you can make a difference in so many people's careers, which is mm. really exciting. Yeah. And I think when I first started the academy, I was going to be just a face-to-face, normal, go to, go to a college type sort of thing, academy, whatever it may be, learn your theory, do the practical and off you go sort of thing. And the more that I spoke mm. to industry, the more they said that they need people working, they need this, they need that, that that's how I've come up with, with the program that I've got as a workplace mm-hmm. because you sort of look back to the old surveyors who, who are actually registered without a degree because for a while there we had um surveyors go through it's like an article system where they worked and they had a mentor and they got registered that way so Mm -hmm. yeah so it worked yeah 
So hopefully I can yeah. bring a similar sort of thing back anyway. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. What's the best work advice that you can give us? The best what? I'm sorry. Work advice. Oh, gosh. I guess it just depends on, on you know, at the level that, you know, any given person is in the surveying profession, you know, I mean, if you're just entering the position or entering the profession, I think the best advice is do a lot of listening, a lot of listening Mm -hmm. and ask a lot of questions. And if you're in a situation where every time you ask a question, you get, you know, belittled or something like that, then that should tell you right away that you're not in a good situation. You got to make sure if this is a profession that you're going to take seriously, you have to put yourself in good situations. And that means working for people that are willing to take the time to, you know, educate and elevate you in the profession. So at that level, you know, that would definitely, definitely be my advice. What motivates you? Um, gosh, you know, I, I ask that question like every episode, I think. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question, but um, can I can I can I um, can I just butt in here because yeah, I read something today that was actually written by you. Uh oh. <laughs> and it says every day we wake up and we are blessed, and we are writing a new chapter of our own novel of our life stories. Mm, yep, yep, yep. And that was I from think the that young sums you up. Mm. I am a I. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I feel like I live life to the fullest. You yeah. know, I try to every single day, I try to wake up with a great attitude and, and mm. just see what the day is going to bring. You know, I mean, there's, there's just so much, so much out there, so much good out there. Yes. There's a ton of bad and we can get caught up in the bad and watch the news. Although I love Australian news, by the way, because oh. they are so really? good at making fun of American politics. <laughs> It's hilarious. I watch it like all the time. It's crazy. Um, but no, I mean, attitude, attitude is everything. You know, I mean, that's the oh. one thing that we have control over is, is our attitude. And that can, it can change. It can change the day. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my guilty pleasure. Um, watching cheese rolling videos on youtube how's that <laughs> yeah check them out yeah i know it's, you've talked about it you've had it on your, your show yeah it's it's yeah. addicting watch them it's hilarious oh that's so funny mm. all right where's the most unusual place you've been oh goodness most unusual place I have been, um, probably in Calgary, up in Canada. I love, I love Canada actually. Calgary, where were we at? I can't remember. Lake Louise in in Calgary, most beautiful place I've ever seen. Nice. I've been there. I've seen photos. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to, I would love to explore Canada more, no mm-hmm. doubt. I mean, as much as I like the beach, I, uh, I mean, I, I love the mountains and like being cold and snow and stuff like that, you know. Well, I love the snow too. Do you have snow in, do you have snow in Australia? Yeah. Oh, come on. Where, where? 
We do, down Victoria and just north of the border of Victoria, Mount really? Kosciuszko. Yeah. Oh, wow. Redbone, yeah, I did not know Russia. that. Yeah. didn't know that. I'll find you some pictures and I'll show you. Send me some pictures because I think yeah. you're lying. No, it's true. I've been, I've been snow skiing since I was about four or five years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. I need, I need to get to Australia Things more often. Things you learn, huh? Yes, you need to come to Australia for sure. I will. Yep. We would be happy to have you. You just have to invite me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These people that need hey, invitations, just come. Careful, careful what you wish for. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all righty. All righty. Uh, how do you relax? Do you relax? <laughs> do I relax? Mm. Um, yeah, I uh, I watch golf. Well, <laughs> golf and curling. I mean, well, that's 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 how I relax. I watch golf and curling. Did yeah. you know you have? Did you know that you have a really good curling team in Australia? No, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The, uh, yeah, I don't, now I don't believe you. No, I swear I'll send you pictures. <laughs> um, it's like uh, the mix, like, you know, the, like a male and a female play together. And they, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they're coached by um, uh, a guy from Canada and they made the Olympics. So coming in February, your little Australian mixed team is going to be in the, in the Olympics for curling. Interesting. You learn something new every day. I'll meet you in Beijing. How's that? <laughs> to watch the curling yes yes <laughs> all right don't hold me to it we'll see <laughs> all right um would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door oh a key that opens every, any door oh, for sure. yeah. of course yeah because yeah. then you have the key then you have the key to the jail cell door yes I know. See, that's a trick question. That's a trick question. It is. It is. It's interesting how people answer it. All right. Now the next one. If you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? This one tells Uh, me a lot about people. Walk over it. (laughs) Walk over it. Mm -hmm. You don't jump in it. No, I mean, it's, it's such a vague question. I mean, if it's like a great big puddle, it's one thing. If it's like oh, a small puddle. Stop overthinking it. It's a puddle. <laughs> Jump in it and have some fun. No, your questions have to be more <laughs> precise. You have to be more precise. You have to say like, if it's a six foot diameter puddle, oh, what do you do? Well, I would walk, I would walk through that, of course. <laughs> to me about seeing a puddle and jumping in it and having fun. Like you would when you were a kid. Anyway, mm-hmm. yep. moving on. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Invisible. Oh, boring. Okay. How is that boring? <laughs> it allows you to get away with everything. Well, I suppose that's true. I suppose the boring. Everyone always says, why? So, yeah, I suppose, uh, okay, invisible is not too bad. No. Mine's teleport. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm, would be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you could go back in history, where would you go? 
Um, well, uh, Abraham Lincoln is pretty much my my hero, let's say. So I would like oh, to go back, really? go back and hang out with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. An unbelievable, unbelievable human being. Mm, I don't know that much about him. I'll, I'll send I'll a picture. Uh, at a party, where could someone find you? Where? What? At a party, where would someone find you? At a party? Yeah. Um, where would someone next find to the beer me? keg? <laughs> uh, not too far from the beer keg, that's yeah. for sure. Probably like playing a game or something. I mean, I don't like to just sit around. I got to be, I don't know. I got to be active. That's, you know, that's the ADD, isn't it? ADD, totally. Yeah. <laughs> playing quarters or I don't know what else what what other drinking games are there beer pong know, we just, beer we pong just drink oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over would I what make the same choices again if you had a do-over I just in general yeah, life. Well, I mean, there's some things I would change, but <laughs> I mean, in general, uh, I can't. I don't think there's too much I would change. A few things here and there, of course, but mm. you know, we talked about it before. I mean, our experiences shape us, good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. Okay. Silly question, but do you regret your decision to go into surveying? No. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know what else I'd do. You know, I mean, there's been a couple of times, don't get me wrong throughout my career. I'm like, Oh, I just don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm just burnt out, you know, but like you said, it just kind of dragged you back in. There's something about serving and I can't put my finger on it, but it's such a unique profession. And I think people that get into it are in some way, shape or form, unique individuals in a good way. And, uh, not everybody can be a surveyor. That's for sure. No, true. All right. Well, that's that's the hard hitting questions done. <laughs> now we can have some fun. <laughs> All right, let's do it. This is uh, yes, no, hot, cold. Okay. Sometimes you can't choose one and then that's okay. I'll accept okay. that. All right. Uh, tea or coffee? Hmm? Tea or coffee? Which one's your favorite? Oh, coffee for sure. Mm-hmm. Cat or dog? A dog. Sunrise or sunset? Ooh, sunset. Summer or winter? Ooh, ah, uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Roller coasters. Do you love or hate them? I used to love them. Not a big fan anymore. I don't know what it is. Like, as I've gotten older, it's like I've become a chicken shit on some of this stuff. You know, <laughs> I used to like, I used to not be afraid to do anything. And as I've gotten older, it's like, I'm afraid of heights. You know, I don't really want to go on a roller coaster and mm. whatever. Yeah. I used to love them though. <laughs> Three items you would take to a desert island. <sighs> um, gosh, darn. <clears throat> That's, I don't know. Um, That's so hard. Okay, we'll skip that. Favorite song or artist? Favorite song ever? Uh, 
Golly. Right at this um, very moment. Right at this very moment. I know how much you, know, you love the music. I do. Um, like my favorite, you know, classic rock band, I'm sure is, well, I can't even pick that. I love the Beatles. I love Led Zeppelin. Um, more modern rock. I mean, a huge U2 fan. In Excess. You probably know them. Yeah. Huge In Excess fan. Saw them a couple of times back in uh, my younger days. And I always say when, uh, when I heard that Michael Hutchins died, it's still like one of the top five status days of my life. I swear, I'll never forget where I was when that happened. You were probably like 12, though. I'm not that much younger than you. Are you an introvert or extrovert? Um, I think I adapt to the situation. I think by, and I think I've changed. Like as I've gotten older, I think I was, no, actually, you know what? No, I'm an extrovert. Most, <laughs> most of the time I'm an extrovert, but yeah. I have no problem being an introvert, you know, and then, yeah, I pick and choose when I want to be either. Is your glass half full or half empty? Half full. I know most of these answers. One thing you'd never do again. Um, get in a car with somebody who's been mm. drinking and ended up in a horrible car <laughs> accident. If I go back yeah. and change that, I would probably yeah. change that. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you had a warning label, what would it be? Um, combustible. How's that? Really? <laughs> yeah. Me, me self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> at any time. <laughs> who knows you best? Um, who knows? My mom. Mm. No doubt, no doubt. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite subject in school? Um, my favorite subject, believe it or not, it was math. I mean, I'm, I like math, but I wasn't like the one reason I got out of civil engineering is because of like calculus and stuff like that. I mean, there was like I love math, but when it got <laughs> to a certain point, like calculus, it's like my brain shut down and it's just like this is dumb. So then I became a surveyor. Good figure. Uh, favorite food? Pizza. Favorite no drink. doubt. Mm -hmm. Favorite drink? Mm -hmm. um, favorite drink. I have been drinking Mezcal recently. Do you know what that is? Do you have heard it gets you in trouble. Do you have it in Australia? No, I don't know if we have it. I've heard of it. It's like a, it's like a smoked tequila is what oh, it is. I don't like tequila. I don't like tequila either. Now I'm not a huge tequila really? fan, but like this mezcal, like a mezcal old fashioned, I really enjoy, really enjoy. I like, I like whiskey. Of course I like beer. Mm. So anything with alcohol in it. How's that? <laughs> <sighs> yep. Fair enough. Uh, what's your pet peeve? What annoys you? Um, liars. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just dishonest people. Mm. 
yeah, they're not nice, are they? No. Win the lottery or have the perfect job. Golly. <laughs> Win the lottery or have the perfect job. Well, if I won the lottery, I could create the perfect job, so I'll win the lottery. Nice. What's your biggest fear? Uh, failure. Mm. Favorite sport? I don't know that one. Curling. Mm. Are you a morning or a night person? Mm. Um, I think morning, morning person. Yeah. Mm. Not me. Yeah. What's your proudest moment? Uh, proudest moments. Uh, having my daughters. Two, yeah. Two daughters. Yep. On a scale, on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. How cool are you? <laughs> in my mind. In my, in my please. This is hilarious. In my mind, I'm an eleven. <laughs> what people see is probably like a four. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question oh, yeah, at, least I, question. at least i answered it honestly right no yeah, yeah that's all i ask for is your honesty yeah yeah most people probably be like you know i'm a one but in their mind they're like i am a freaking nine no doubt about it, so. <laughs> no i have had someone else say that they were 10 or 11 as well that's good. funny yeah uh dream car um, 1968 Ford Bronco. Oh, an old one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite color? Probably blue. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm colorblind. How do I know? So who knows what I think is blue might be gray. I, I don't know. That's an unfair question to a colorblind person. Well, I don't know if I knew that you were colorblind. See, you should add that to your uh, list of questions. I have to, aren't I? Because I think I had someone else who was colorblind. Hmm. Yes, I have. A lot of guys are. Yeah. Yeah, it's common. It's hard being as hard. It's hard oh. being a colorblind surveyor, though. Oh, well, I know. I just don't know how that works sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sorry. What was your question? Um, okay. Apple or Android? Apple. No, no. What star sign are you? Hmm? Star sign. Taurus. Mm. The bull. Mm. Interesting. Okay, that's it for me. What sign are you? I'm done. What sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. Aquarius. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Believe so, in that stuff? I do. I'm a huge believer in honest <laughs> to God. I really am. Yeah. And I'm you know what? I'm also, I'm like into, uh, well, not like into it. Like I'm weird about it, but like numerology. I am so weird when it comes to this, like the number eight, look up the number eight. Okay. Anytime I pump gas, okay. Anytime I pump gas, let's say it's like $34. 
let's say it's $23. I always pump it to 3488, 2388, 2188. I always pump it to 88. But that's an OCD thing. <laughs> totally OCD. Totally, totally OCD, totally ADD. I'm a freaking mess. <laughs> Oh, how do you get through life? <laughs> it's an adventure, trust me. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Anyway, that's it for me. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I had a blast. It was awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And I, this is going to be the first show of 2022, right? Yes. Yeah, so happy new year, everybody. Mm. All right, so where can people find you? Um... Where can people find like you want my work address or what? Yes, please. No, no address. <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm super blah, active blah, on blah. LinkedIn. Yeah, super active on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a Geoholics group on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Love to have more people join that. We do a lot of stuff there. Um, and then really like I'm mean, Instagram. I'm just on there with the Geoholics. You know, Facebook. I'm on there with the Geoholics. So, uh, but LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best way to reach out to me for sure. We didn't actually talk much about your podcast. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You get more, you get more people listen to yours than I get mine anyway. <laughs> well, now that I'm on your show, my oh. uh, our our listenership is going to like expand tenfold. I'm super excited. Method <laughs> in your madness, my madness, yep. our madness. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank, thank you. So thank much. you. For, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a blast. You're welcome. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Ken. Catch you in a fortnight when I speak to Luke Woodyard, party chief and scanning specialist at QK4 in Kentucky, USA. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Peter Cox.